Oh man, that game was better than expected. It had chippiness, it had goals, it had heartbreak, it had heartaches, and uh, basically uh, it, I think a rivalry is starting to brew between Seattle and New Jersey. We have to see what was cracking between both of those respective teams, so buckle up, and I get it. I said a dad joke. You've probably heard that millions of times before, but couldn't help myself, so let's break down this game, shall we? You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Trey Matthews, and it's currently 1.32 a.m. Eastern Time, October 20th, 2021 at the time of recording. Guys, hockey is officially back. So if you didn't see my Locked On Now on my Locked On Devils Twitter page, uh, I went to Little Caesars Arena yesterday to watch the Detroit Red Wings take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. That was my first time ever being at Little Caesars Arena. I went with my college and they had this sign up thing saying if you paid this certain amount of money then you could get uh, a ticket to go to the Red Wings game. I had a lot of fun. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, the Red Wings won the game 4-1 to one, but don't worry. With the help of DirecTV Stream I was able to also watch the Kraken and the Devils game and we have a lot to cover. So uh, the Devils came out victorious by a score of 4-2 to two, and now the we have begun the season 2-0-0. Zero, zero. So that is great. It's great that we're getting off to a great start uh, to the year. Uh, uh, you know, we, we had people like Dawson Mercer get his first career goal. We had Ryan Graves uh, make a big impact. We had Damon Severson make his triumph return. Like, we we, we have a lot to break down in this game. But, uh, I, obviously, I have to address the elephant in the room. And I have to talk about the Jack Hughes and the Jeremy Lawson situation. So, if you missed the game, uh, in the first period, Jack Hughes was hit into the boards really hard by Lawson and Jack Hughes basically couldn't finish the game he was favoring his shoulder it was great that he was able to get up on his own willpower and skate off that's always a good sign but the fact that he was holding his shoulder is a little bit of a concern uh, at the time of this recording and like I said it's 1.30 in the morning uh, where I'm at right now th- there's no updates on Jack Hughes right now he's listed as day to day according to Amanda Stein uh, Jack Hughes is scheduled to get reevaluated tomorrow so hopefully uh, we get some decent news in regards to his injury or how serious it is but it would be a big blow if Jack Hughes is out to begin the year now uh, I-, I saw a lot of respect Responses on Twitter, and I took to Twitter as well to say Lazen is choosing violence today. So, uh, like I do, uh, you know, when it comes to big fights and controversial fights that end up injuring someone, I, I look at it very meticulously. Like I, I look at it like ten or fifteen times to see like was there any ill intent, whatever the case might be. So when I look at the hit by Lazen on Hughes, okay, so it was a big hit. I'm not taking that away from the situation. However, I don't think there was any ill intent. And, you you know, this is me being completely honest. This is me being unbiased. But when when I'm looking at the replay of that hit, it it didn't look malicious. It just looked like that Lawson had 
a lot of momentum. He he wasn't able to slow down, and unfortunately, he took Jack Hughes with him. And if you look at the replay, Jack Hughes took a very big hit to the point where at one point I think his body was sideways. So you know, it, it's definitely a, a scary moment when when you see one of your best players on the ground slow to get up and not being able to continue the rest of the game because we know how tough hockey players are. But, you know, um, I I don't think Lawson deserves any slander. I don't think he deserves any hate. Lindy Ruff said in his post-game interview uh, that, you know, while he didn't really like the hit, he didn't really see any malicious intent. So it's one of those hits where it's completely legal. However, people just don't like it when it happens to their respective team. So when I'm looking at it, that that's what I'm seeing. Yes, you could argue and say the hit was a bit egregious. Was it necessary? Probably not. But at the same time, the way I'm seeing it from my perspective, I just think that Lawson just had a lot of momentum. And unfortunately, Jack Hughes was the person to slow down his momentum. And Jack Hughes collected the momentum. That's why his body went a certain way. He fell onto the ground hard. And uh, by the looks of it, and based on what I'm seeing uh, on Twitter, it might be a dislocated shoulder. I really hope it's not that. I really hope it's just maybe a, sh- a sore shoulder or, you know, I, I, I don't know what other uh, severity uh, is a minor shoulder injury, but it, it, it looks like that it, it could be that, but I can't confirm nor deny anything. I don't want to report any fake news. I don't have any confirmation at the time of when I press record. So based on my uh, perspective, based on what I'm seeing and based on what I've seen a few fans say on Twitter, it might be a dislocated shoulder, but like I said, cannot confirm nor deny anything. Okay. Uh, you know, speaking of the Lawson and Hughes situation, the very next period, Jirsten stepped in. And that's why we have Jirsten on this team, which is to just, you know, assert himself. Because let's face it, he's not going to blow us out the water with his statistics. He needs to assert himself and make himself known in other ways. So the very next period, we see him uh, trying to get into a fist fight with Lawson. And uh, I think he was able to throw in a few haymakers. However, the referees were kind of in the middle of it. Uh, helmets were flying off. And, you know, he he was trying to get, you know, that last punch in to knock him down. But like I said, the referees were kind of in the way. They both get uh, majors. And, you know, th- that's what I like, just standing up for your teammate. And that's something I want to talk about, which is just the the chippiness of this game. Because I think this game already is in the makes of being a big rivalry between the Kraken and the Devils. And I've already seen the Devils take to Twitter, basically responding and throwing shade at the Kraken. So, you know, I I like it. And and that's why we play this game. That's what it's all about. So, you know, I don't know if you if you saw it, but I certainly saw the chippiness. I saw the determination and the passion to win. So whether we're talking about Jurston or uh, Lawson, or maybe I saw Andreas Janssen get into it with Susie a little bit. So uh, j- just uh, seeing that from my perspective is what I want to see out of this New Jersey Devils team. I saw Jonas Siegenthaler use his big body to his advantage. At, at one point, he had a big hit on someone to the point where he landed that player on his back. And I took to Twitter and I said, Jonas Siegenthaler, do not hurt him. But, you know, that's what I love to see from this New Jersey Devils team. And that's what we need. Uh, you know, throughout the course of the season, because like I said, we're trying to be a dark horse team. We're trying to assert ourselves and we're trying to, uh, you know, show why we, we've improved so much and why you cannot sleep on us. So overall, th- that's the kind of game that the New Jersey Devils need to look back on and just say, here's how we need to play each and every night. And, you know, going up against the Seattle Kraken and, you know, I, I know I've said some controversial things. 
things about the Kraken in the last couple days. However, I do want to clear the air a little bit. So uh, the thing about the CL Kraken, they have a lot of good players. So, you know, Mark Giordano is their captain, along with Adam Larson, Yanni Gord. Uh, you got Jordan Eberle on the team as well. Jaden Schwartz, uh, Jared McCann, who, by the way, has gotten off to a pretty decent start to begin the year. He scored his third goal today on a five-on-three opportunity. So the, the Kraken have a lot of good players. And the word that I used to describe them was overrated. But I don't think that's the correct terminology to describe them. Because let me be fair. They're the 32nd team in the NHL franchise. They're a completely new uh, team, as we all know. They had their expansion draft over the summer. I think they're still trying to find their identity and just try to, you know, find how they fit in into the league, how they fit into their respective divisions. So uh, I, I don't think overrated is the right terminology. Obviously, they're going to get a lot of media attention just because of some of the moves they made, whether it be uh, on their roster or in their front office. As we all know, my mentor is the first African-American play-by-play announcer in NHL history. So, you know, they're going to be given a lot of attention. But at the same time, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say they could potentially win a Stanley Cup. Or, you know, I think people said it could be a long shot. But, you know, I think they're trying to just relate it to the Vegas Golden Knights who went to the Stanley Cup Finals in their inaugural season. So I, I just say take our time with the Seattle Kraken. And I think by mid season they'll be just fine but for right now they're still trying to find themselves and I think they're also trying to find themselves on the net minding kind of thing because you know we saw Grubauer not do so well against the Philadelphia Flyers in fact uh, Drieger had to um, you know come into uh, his rescue uh, in the last game then Joey Decord got the start in uh, tonight's matchup but uh, you know he, he got the loss but still 4-2 to two, I guess it's not too bad and, and plus one of those goals was an empty netter goal so uh, I, I think they're still trying to figure out how they fit in uh, whether it be you know on the offensive side of things, the defensive side of things, and also the goaltending kind of things. But I think goaltending is one of the question marks I have for this team. But that's my personal opinion, and you know, I, and that's obviously subjective. But you know, overall, I think they're going to be a very decent team moving forward. And like I said, there's going to be growing pains, and I think they're going through them now. Better to go through it now versus like you know uh, during midseason or throughout the entire course of the year. So the Seattle Kraken are not overrated they're just trying to find themselves so I apologize for saying that I, I I should have used better terminology and I should have used a better description so for Seattle Kraken once again and I will say it for the final time not overrated but still trying to find themselves and you know just not ready quite yet which is why I was so confident that the New Jersey Devils could beat them now we'll talk more about that in a second but first I have to give you guys the first live read this morning and it comes from direct TV so uh, I was able to watch the uh, Seattle Kraken and the New Jersey Devils play one another while at Little Caesars Arena thanks to DirecTV Stream. So does this scenario sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can get more at directtv.com that's 
DirectTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So we kind of addressed the bad part of the game. So, you know, I addressed my controversial statements about the Seattle Kraken. I addressed the Lawson and also the Hughes situation. And like I said, I don't think uh, it was a dirty hit by Lawson. I just think that his momentum got the best of him. And unfortunately, Jack Hughes was just on the wrong receiving end of it. So, you know, hopefully Jack Hughes is going to be all right. But, you know, good for Jirsten for, you know, sticking up for Jack Hughes and basically going after him and, in, in period number two, but I don't think it was entirely necessary. Like I said, I don't think there was any ill intent, but still, I love the chippiness, I love the determination, and I love the fight from the New Jersey Devils. So I, I think I've addressed the bad. Now let's talk about the good about the game, and that's what the New Jersey Devils were able to execute. So the, the one thing I want to say is I want to give a congratulations to Dawson Mercer, who got his first career goal at the NHL level. So uh, th this kid is going to be special. Dawson Mercer, he got his first point in our first matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks, and now he's got his first career goal. So he's out of the gates running, and hopefully he's able to maintain that. So Graves and Tatar were able to get the assist. So Graves made the long pass to Tatar, and it was a two-on-one odd man rush situation, and Tatar was able to make a beautiful pass to Mercer, the one-timer, backdoor on Decord, and Mercer got his first career goal at the NHL level. It was a beautiful play. So the pass from Ryan Graves was perfect. The pass to uh, Mercer from Tatar was perfect. So that, that play was just so beautifully drawn up by the New Jersey Devils. And that's the impact that we need from someone like Ryan Graves because Ryan Graves makes the people around him better, even if his stats don't show it initially. So we'll talk about Ryan Graves in a second. But, you know, I, I just want to say this is one of the reasons why Tatar should be on the top six because he's just able to set up his teammates you know, really well in, in that regards. And, you know, I, congratulations for Mercer for getting that that goal. Like I said on Twitter, it was sweet as honey, but let's not forget Tatar made that excellent pass and it, it was just like poetry in motion. So I I, I I don't know what to say. I'm running out of adjectives to describe that, but I think Tatar will start to get a bigger role, especially with Jack Hughes now out. We'll talk more about that towards the end of the episode because uh, that might give Alexander Holtz a chance to maybe get the call up and play at the NHL level but I'll talk more about that issue in a moment but you know the fact that Dawson Mercer is able to make this great impact for the New Jersey Devils so quickly like I said I'm not looking for him to win the Calder Memorial Trophy uh, you know in a year or two I'm not looking for him to win the Hart Memorial Trophy either just him making those winning and impact plays is what I'm looking for so once again congratulations to Mercer for getting that uh, first goal of his career and many more to come. This kid is on fire. I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in our next matchup against the Washington Capitals because I think that's going to be a good test for him and our organization in general. Now for Damon Severson, he was also able to make a triumphant return, albeit I don't think his goal was uh, intentional. I think Jack Hughes was just trying to go for like a weak shot. It's what, It was one of those shots where Jack Hughes knew he wasn't going to score, but he was just trying to get it near the net and, you know, away from the point area. And Severson was just in the right place at the right time and was able to just tip it right in. And you know what? Uh, I, we'll take those. So, you know, Damon Severson getting on the boards and just making his return from injury. So Lindy Ruff stated that uh, Damon Severson was good to go to play in this game. He said, 
said Ty Smith might take a couple extra days, but we'll see how that happens. Maybe Ty Smith will play in our next matchup against the Capitals. But, you know, like I said, there's no rush to bring him back. Let's take our time because, uh, you know, we, we don't need him to play like hero at this point in the season, especially when we're 2-0. But going back to Damon Severson and Jack Hughes, uh, like I said, I don't think that uh, pass from Jack Hughes was intentional, but still just the fact that he was able to get it near the crease area and just tip it in. And also Ryan Graves got an assist on that. So the fact that Ryan Graves uh, assisted on not only the first goal of the game, but also the second goal of the game just goes to show the kind of impact that he can make. And, you know, for Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton, we look for them to just make an impact early and get our team out and running. So I think that's going to be the new norm for someone like Graves and Hamilton, which is, you know, we look for them to just facilitate our offense and get us going out of the gate. So that way, we can start strong and you know quite honestly I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from Graves and Hamilton and I'll talk more about Graves' impact in a moment but I just want to say this about the New Jersey Devils they give me all the aches they give me headaches stomach aches heartaches and body aches just because it seems like every time we get off to a good start we somehow collapse and we let the other team get back into the game like I saw this a lot last season but luckily we have players like I mentioned Hamilton and Graves to help us you know, uh, maintain a consistency. We see Jack Hughes taking steps forward in his game. And then, you know, we have a few other players like Mercer who are, you know, young and just trying to prove themselves. Also, Jimmy VC was able to get a goal this game. And, you know, we, we see the hunger from VC. I'm seeing a lot more determination from uh, Janssen as well, trying to make an impact. Janssen made a beautiful pass to get VC uh, a goal. So I'm actually kind of impressed with that line. Uh, so far to begin the year and let's see if they can uh, you know uh, maintain that consistency but just going back to what I was originally saying you know they give me all the aches just because it seems like we always uh, give the other team an opportunity to get back into the game and we almost did this for the Kraken so you know Shahan was able to get a goal because uh, the Kraken were just passing the puck around and then BC was kind of out of position put PK Subban in a sitting duck position which was like Subban couldn't get the rebound because it was too strong but then here comes Shahan just charging on in BC is behind him and you know Shahan is able to get the goal and you know make it a two to one game and so that's what kind of got me nervous a little bit in that uh, regard so you know for the New Jersey Devils we just got to find a way to just, you know, I, I, how would I say this? Not give another team an opportunity to get back into the game. Like, please, can we just like, you know, maintain um, uh, the consistency that we uh, started the game with? So, like I said, that kind of made me nervous a little bit when, um, you know, we gave up that goal. But then Jimmy VC, like I mentioned, was able to score his goal on a beautiful pass from uh, Andreas Janssen and also, White was able to get an assist as well on that play. Also, fun fact, that was uh, Colton White's uh, first career point at the NHL level. So, congratulations to him. And he's already on pace to top his career high in games played, uh, which he set in 2019-2020 with six games played. And so far, he's appeared in two games. So, uh, congratulations to him for getting his first career point. But going back to what I was saying, just the fact that you know, uh, we kind of let uh, the Kraken get back into the game just a little bit. And then McCann, like I mentioned earlier in the show, was able to get a five-on-three goal. Something like that cannot happen for the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, we let uh, a few of their best players answer back. So McCann
Cam got the goal, Giordano got an assist, and so did Gord. And, you know, that kind of made me a little nervous because um, in period number one, I tweeted out something that I probably will never tweet out too often ever again, which was I said, I think we got this in the bag. And because I, I was just so confident that the Devils could beat the Kraken just because the Kraken lost, what, like 6-1 to one to the Philadelphia Flyers just a couple days ago. So I was just like, okay, you know what? We've gotten off to a great start. We're already up 2 nothing. I know I usually say the two-goal lead is the worst lead in hockey, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm this confident in my team, and we're, we're, we're not going to blow this lead. And we almost did, but luckily, uh, you know, we were able to hold on to it. And uh, Zaka was able to get the empty netter just to put the the game to rest. And then, um, you know, McLeod and Heizer were credited with an assist. And speaking of Heizer, I, I don't know about you guys, but at the end of period number one, when he was able to beat the clock and, you know, get that goal, they waved it off because they said he, he didn't get it off in time. I don't know. I saw the replay and just based on my perspective, it did look like he got the shot off. Uh, I, I think it was just too inconclusive to call it, but... I, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. I because this obviously could have been a five to two game had everything gone normally as it uh, as the game went on. So like you know if McCann and then uh, Shahan and then BC and Zaka got their goals, then this would have been a five to two game. But you know based on what I saw, it, it looked like that. Um, Nico Heizer got that off in time. So, you know, very frustrating for Nico Heizer. Like I said, he's trying to reintroduce himself into the hockey world after being injured for so long. He's already off to a decent start. And, you know, I can't fault him for that because his line was the best line in our first game against the Blackhawks. Yes, Jack Hughes' line was the hero. But still, you know, just I think we know who got off to the better start in the Chicago Blackhawks game. So Nico Heizer just needs to, you know, continue to just do what he does and, you know, the rest will fall into place. But, you know, that's overall what I thought of the New Jersey Devils in this effort against the Seattle Kraken. So, like I said, it was a great win. It was a expected win. And, you know, there were some issues, but it's still very early in the season and we'll see how uh, the rest of the season continues for uh, the New Jersey Devils. Like I said, I think this Kraken and Devils uh, game had a little bit of a rivalry effect in in play, and I can't wait to until the next time we face the Kraken. However, that's going to be in springtime in April, and I would have already been graduated from college by then, I, I believe. I don't know when my graduation is. I got to look at the date, but uh, ju just to put it into perspective, that's a long ways away, and I was talking to Erica Ayala of Locked on Kraken about this the other day. It's just such a shame that, you know, uh, we're, we're only going to be playing the Kraken twice this year because uh, that, that's just a matchup that I'm going to be looking forward to even more now just because of the events that happened in this game. And hopefully Jack Hughes is not playing in his first game back from injury because, uh, you know, I, I hope his injury is not that serious. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, I'll wrap up my final thoughts of this game in a second. But first, I have to give you guys the second and final live read this morning. And it comes from Bilt Bar. So did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their face. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know my favorite flavor is? I love raspberries. So if you haven't tried all the flavors, you could get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bilt Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. Check out 
these stats 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy or today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like so built bar is also the official sponsor of Corey lajoy who drives the number seven car in the nascar cup series for aspire motorsports the offer is go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order again use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com So we've talked about the good and the bad, but now let's just talk about hypothetical scenarios. So we know that Jack Hughes is currently out. He's listed day to day. I have no updates on the severity of his injury at the time of this recording. Like I said, hopefully it's nothing serious. But since Jack Hughes is now out, it kind of raises the question, who's going to take his place? So uh, going into this game, Hughes was playing on the um, the second line with Quokinen and Sharon Govich, uh, the same line that he was paired with and the same position he was in in our first game of the year against the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, like I said, it kind of raises the question, what's going to happen to the New Jersey Devils? Um, so if Hughes is out for an extended period of time, obviously that's a big blow, but it would give someone like Alexander Holtz an opportunity to you know get called up and just basically show why he should have gotten a roster spot to begin with. And, you know, the fact that we could potentially get Mercer and Holtz on the same line is something that kind of intrigues me. So here's what I'm going to do. And this is kind of a hot take, you know, take it how you want to take it. But I'm going to move Tatar to the Heijer and Brat line. And then I'm going to move Zaka to the center position with Sharon Govich and Kulkanen. Now, a lot of you are probably going to be like, are you out of your damn mind? Well, let's just think about this in this instance. Okay, so Zaka had to play the center position last year when Heijer was out. And he actually held his ground pretty well. It was it got to the point where I actually made an episode saying, I'm willing to move Nico Heijer down to the third line so that way he can just take his time in terms of just getting back to the normality of playing every day. There's no rush. He can dominate on that line. Yes, his ice time wouldn't be as much as if he was playing on the first or second line, but at the same time, let's not rush him back. This is sort of like a rehab thing for him. And then, obviously, that didn't work. Uh, Zaka was moved over to a wing position. Nico Heizer regained his center position. And then, you know, Zaka was still able to maintain what he was you know able to do throughout the course of last year so the thing is is like i'm willing to move zaka to the center position for the sake of seeing mercer and holtz play on the same line and we move tatar up to the top six and i believe that's the only way it can work quite honestly now you could mix and match uh, a few different things you know maybe sharon govich or quokinen could play the center position no no who am i kidding that that's not gonna work i'm, I'm sorry that that was an idea i was putting out there but no no that that's not gonna work definitely not gonna work but you know i think you get what i'm saying which is tatar i think is showing why he should be in the top six because he's made an impact play uh not only in this game but the last game as well obviously we've only played two games to to begin the year and kraken uh i believe this was their fifth game of the year so they're already pretty much out of the gates uh to begin their year we're, we're still like at the doorstep in terms of getting out of the gates but still you know it, 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 something like this gives someone else an opportunity and it's a blessing in disguise because like i said i really want to see what alexander holtz can do at the nhl level and i believe he and mercer just have this great connection with one another let's not forget i know i've said this a lot but during prospect camp 
uh, Mercer, Holt, and Foote combined for seven points in one game. So, and they seem to have a good connection during training camp and also during the scrimmages. So I, I really want to see Holtz paired alongside Mercer, and I feel like that would be a pretty decent line because with Mercer's high hockey IQ and then Holtz's sniper, I feel like that's a very good combination. Then you got the hunger of Andreas Janssen, who's just trying to make sort of some sort of impact because you know we saw what Janssen was able to do with VC in, in this game, and you know just basically locate uh, that that pass beautifully for VC to get his first goal of the year. So that's something I kind of want to look at. But you know, uh, going back to what I was saying, move Zaka to the center position. Uh, if Hughes is out, move Tatar to the top six. If, if you want to switch around. Uh, you know, Zaka's potential line and then Heijer's line just because, you know, I don't know if you want Tatar to play on the top line, but, you know, whatever the case might be because, like, remember, Tatar kind of needs some help defensively and just looking at what Nico Heijer and Jesper Brat are able to do, I believe that's the best case scenario for him. And now, uh, but that's my opinion. Now, looking at overall impact before I compare the head-to-head -head stats, uh, the New Jersey Devils, they had 17 blocks this game. And uh, at the helm of those blocks was uh, Nico Heizer. Like I said, Heizer is a good two-way player. He had four blocks this game. And then we look at Jonas Siegenthaler and Ryan Graves. So Ryan Graves had uh, three blocks and Jonas Siegenthaler had four. That's the kind of impact I want to see from both of those respective players. And it, it should be no surprise that uh, the Devils had 16 hits. And guess who had six hits? Ryan Graves. So you know, the, the fact that Ryan Graves is already making that big impact for the New Jersey Devils really just, just goes to show how much he has slept on and how underappreciated he is. So Severson and Graves, they had a plus minus of three and the Devils won the game four to two. So it goes to show you the, the Ryan Graves impact and how he is really, uh, you know, just helping this team so far. And I think a lot of teams should be nervous about the potential that Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton have because I believe both of those players are cutthroat and they can, you know, throw a lot of different things your way that you've never seen before, quite honestly. And that is a bit of a hot take. And I said that in my... Uh, locked on hot take uh, thing where, where all the hosts basically said, you know, um, you, they gave like a big takeaway or whatever the case might be. But that that's what I said in my takeaway video. If you saw that tweet, which was, I think Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton will be a force to be reckoned with in, during the next few years, quite honestly, because we have Dougie Hamilton signed for seven years and then we have Ryan Graves for this season and also next season. So, you know, we, we have plenty of time to help develop those two players. Now, let's compare the head to head stats. So, shots on goal differential. 33 to 29 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage 51% for the Kraken, 49% for the Devils. Power play opportunities. The Devils were 0 for 3 in their power play opportunities. The Kraken were 1 for 5. Kraken, remember, they got that goal off of McCann, who capitalized on a 5-on-3 opportunity. That's just, you know, the Devils putting themselves in a bad situation and just asking for trouble. Uh, hits 16 to 12 in favor of the Devils. Blocks 17 to 11 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways. The Devils led in that category 11 to 10. And now, uh, you know, I know it's early, but it's been a while since I've done this. Let's look at the Metropolitan Division and see where the Devils are currently. So leading the way in the Mo Metropolitan Division are the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have played in four games and they have an overall record of 2-0-2. Two, and two. Then the Capitals, they've played uh, three games so far. They have an overall record of 2-0-1. and one. Rangers are 2-1-1. One, and one. Uh, wait, wait, I forgot to say. Penguins have six points and the Capitals and Rangers are tied with uh, five points.
points, and then it's actually a three-way tie with four points between the Hurricanes, Devils, and Blue Jackets. Uh, the Flyers uh, are now trailing the the Blue Jackets, second to last. Uh, they played in two games, and they have an overall record of 1-0-1 with three points, and then the Islanders are last with a record of 1-2-0 and zero with two points to their credit. Now, to rate this game for the New Jersey Devils, I am going to give it a... I'm going to give it a B plus, quite honestly, because this was a great effort. This was a great showing for the New Jersey Devils. Like I said, they kind of gave me the aches a little bit when they kind of collapsed a, uh, a bit, especially in period number three. Uh, that McCann goal got me a little nervous because I was just like, oh, no, that, here we go again. So, you know, the fact that they gave me aches a little bit, I got to give them a B plus. But that's still a great uh, grade. And it was, you know, close to perfection. And I love the chippiness. I love the fight back. And I love the determination from our players. And uh, quite honestly, I'm looking forward to this matchup again when, when – um, April rolls around. So is it April yet? Are, are we going to the playoffs? Or uh, is Dougie Hamilton an all-star? Uh, is, is Jack Hughes going to represent Team USA in the Winter Olympics? You know, we, we have a lot of unanswered questions to figure out. And like I said, a lot's going to change uh, when April rolls around. So I'm looking forward to it. But as for today's episode, as for now, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils. And thanks for listening.